This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Ooh, it's the Pick'em Podcast. It's a podcast dedicated to making you money, making myself some money, you know, a little, uh, you know, what the beak a little bit on my own my own brain here. So welcome to the MMA Takes Podcast, the Pick'em Podcast. We are picking UFC um, ESPN Plus 2. They got to drop the numbers. I'm already tired of the numbers. Anyway, it's in Fortaleza, Brazil. Got a nice little card here. You know, I've, uh, I'm never too, too crazy about the Brazil cards for whatever reason. Um, you know, uh, I don't know why, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't have a good reason for you, but yeah, I just, usually the Brazil cards are a little, mm, cause they start late too. And, and the pacing's way better. They release the time. I believe this starts at eight on Saturday, which is the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life. Cause I'm an old man now. Um, before we get the pickums, I want to, I want to uh, touch on one little thing here. One little tidbit yesterday. I didn't get it out on Twitter or Instagram or anything, but the suspensions came down and uh, for everything from Nevada from the Connor Khabib thing that happened at 29, 27 maybe. I think it was 29. Um, and Khabib got fined. Uh, Khabib got fined a lot of money, 500K, which was a lot. Got suspended for nine months, can reduce it to six if he does an anti, anti-bullying thing, which are a ton of jokes on Twitter yesterday that were great about that. Um, and then Connor got six months as well with 50K fine. Now, Connor went on Twitter today and kind of broke down that punch he threw at, at Khabib's cousin, I believe, uh, where the, his cousin threw a punch and Connor was joking about how he slipped it and he threw the final punch of the night. Really good troll job by Connor. Connor's mind is, is on another level. I love that, though. Here's my problem, right? Nevada, I, do they not want to make money, right? They're saying that Connor might get fined in the future because if he starts, you know, because of the pre-fight talk. Like, that's trying to sell a fight. Did they find Mike Tyson for fucking biting Len- Lennox Lewis's ankle at that press conference? Did they find him from anything he's done? I mean, I'm sure they find him for the ear thing. He got suspended or whatever. But, like, what are you doing? Like, you're going to have your biggest star who you've already pissed off once with the uh, bottle-throwing incident with how much you – it was like 300 k fine they hit him with. You're already pissing him off. Khabib says he's done in Nevada. I'll fight in New York. I'll fight in LA. I'm not going back to Nevada. The biggest rematch in UFC history is going to be Khabib versus Connor. It's going to happen eventually. In Nevada, you're, you, I mean, they just released that impact of what the, the is like eighty million something dollars that it impacted the uh, Las Vegas area for just that fight. What are you doing? I don't think Connor. I think Connor got the raw in the deal. I know I'm a Connor guy. The guy got attacked. He lost. Khabib jumped the cage, went after his team because of what they said. I know the bus incident and all that stuff, but that was in New York. And then Connor gets punched by a guy who jumps in the cage and then gets charged by a corner man and throws a punch back. So I guess it's a $50,000 punch is what Connor got charged for. Uh, I necessarily don't agree with it. I thought he got a little, um, you know, I, I think Khabib got, you know, Khabib fucked up more, I thought. I thought Khabib, you know, jumping the cage like that is just buffoonery. It's just, it was just, you, you're, you're going to get suspended. You're going to get fined. $500,000, though, is crazy, right? And and he said that he's going to pay his teammates fines and he won't fight until they, their suspensions are over. So we're not looking to see Khabib fight till probably December and it won't be in Vegas and he's going to end up paying out of pocket like 750 k which is crazy. I mean, I know he probably made anywhere from three to five million dollars for that fight, but that's just nuts. Nevada, you're just shooting yourself in the foot. And then, the, and then they even go on about how 
you know, the, the pre-fight talk. We're going to start suspending people on what they say. Fuck you. you. What happened to freedom of speech? You know what I mean? The guy's hyping a fight. You know what I mean? Like he he cut, he went personal. They all do it just because Connor's the biggest star, and what he says reaches a more of an audience doesn't mean you're going to come in. If I was Conor McGregor, I would like you know what I mean. Like I would tell UFC, listen, I'm never stepping foot in Vegas again. The UFC always Connor said this before, and they went back to Vegas because I think the UFC obviously UFC's headquarters is Vegas. They want to make as much money as possible. Vegas, Vegas is a corrupt town. I mean, I mean, there's unions. There's there's a lot of shady shit going on in Vegas. If I was Conor McGregor, the biggest draw in the UFC, the biggest draw in MMA, I would be like, I'm not stepping foot in Vegas. Not doing it. What if they just, you know, what if they? I, I would just go somewhere else. California is a big market for him. L.A. They could do it at the Staples Center, Madison Square Garden, Barclays Center, whatever. Texas, do the fucking Phil Stadium, Texas. If I was Conor McGregor, I'd be like, I'm not leaving Europe. He has the power to do that. Uh, but I want to touch base on it. I think it's absolutely fucking insane that Khabib got fined that much. And I think Connor getting six months is a little ridiculous. He was defending himself. And then the fucking balls on these guys to say, we're going to start finding guys about what they say. But well, go fuck yourself. The good news that came out of that thing is they ran John Jones through the coal over the coals, raked him over the coals. How's that saying go? And uh, he got licensed for one license. He's got to go back. If he wants to fight again, he's going to get drug tested about a billion times this year, which I think is right. But they all said, yeah, he's going to fight. He's going to fight March 2nd against Anthony Smith. That fight's still on. Um, so that's good. But we're here to talk about UFC Fortaleza and Brazil. Um, they added like a random fight last minute. Gerardo de Ferretas versus Felipe Corrales. So um, we'll start there. Uh, I don't want to pronounce their names again. But you got Gerardo de Ferretas versus Felipe Corrales. No lines on these guys because they literally just added the this this week but um i looked at the records i like corrales a little better <clears throat> a little better he's eight no seems like a finisher seems like it's more well-rounded so real quick we're off we're off to a good start boys w corrales i wish i had the lines for you again there's i can't find anything up for these guys moving right along here we got magmed baby latov versus rodrigo butterani these names by the way that i have to pronounce are gonna be brutal Okay, so if you don't like listening to someone butchering names, you might wanna you might wanna skip this one. So Biblatov is the guy that was like a huge favorite over John Moragam, got armbarred. He's a minus four fifty, he's a huge favorite again over Baturian, who is plus three twenty-five. Uh Biblatov is a solid, solid prospect. He's really good. Um the Moraga thing, he just got caught. I don't think that's going to happen again. He's a huge favorite. It's hard to bet against a huge favorite and really take the underdog here. They both had the same exact record. I do not know much about Bartorian. Um, I'm not sure if he's making his UFC debut. He might be one of those guys that fought on the Brazilian Contender Series. I do not know much about him. Okay, yeah, so he was on the Contender Series. He won by standing rear naked choke. Looks like a lot of his, his wins are by submissions, which might not be good for Biblotov because obviously the guy has a little bit of weakness there. Um, if I knew more about uh, Baltarian, I would tell you to take him. I don't even know how to pronounce his fucking name. But Bilibatov is a guy that's highly ranked. I, you know, he he's going to do something in the UFC. I think if you know if they keep the fly rates around, this is a guy that's going to be you know if he wins a couple fights, he's going to be right there. So I'm taking Bilibatov as the heavy doll or heavy favorite. Excuse me. Next up, we got Ricardo Ramos, who's 12 and one versus Saeed Nagamamadov, who's 12 and one. Um, I do not know if this is the, there's a lot of Nergamonadovs. I don't, I, I believe this has some relation to Khabib. I don't know if this might be his brother. 
maybe. This has got to be his brother, right? Um, Dagfighterman's. Ah, he's not from Dagestan. Um, I, I should look. I should look this up. If I'm being honest, with you, I should look it up because uh, Khabib does have a, like he's got like 40 cousins. All right, this is not. We're on off to a good start. I should have this more prepared. That's a long name to type here. Let's see. Okay, so it's Magomed. So this must be his cousin, like distant cousin. There's one that is in the UFC, Nagmedov, that's not like world class. Ricardo Ramos is a guy that I, I like a lot. Um, I think he's a talented guy. I think he's got some, he's tough as shit. He's got some good striking. This is a really evenly fight. Let me give you the lines here. Ramos is a minus 125, and Nurgamanov Saeed is a plus 105. I believe that's what it is. Um, I put these lines down a few days ago, so they, they might be a little goofy, but I do think this is this fight will probably not have too much movement. It's almost a pick em fight. Um, I wish I could go with the underdog and remind of, I just really like Ramos. I think he's a really well-rounded game. I think he's a, he's a, he's, he's going to be a, a guy in Brazil that's going to be you know at bantamweight a guy that we're going to look out for. <clears throat> I like his length for the division. I like his striking. I like his finishing ability. He can knock you out in the third round. He can knock you in the first round. I think he's more well-rounded. Saeed obviously is going to be you know he's got that 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 fucking Russian style. He's a little bit of a striker. He comes in. He likes to grapple. Decent submissions. I just don't think he's all around. He's not fought the level Ramos has. So I'm picking Ramos as a slight favorite. I would bet that uh, if that line holds, it might go down a little bit. You might see him at a minus 120, minus 115. Um, I would bet Ramos, though. I like Ramos in that fight. I think he can probably decision him or, or maybe even get a finish in there. Next up, you got Junior uh, Diaper Boy Albini. He's at a plus 100, and he's fighting. This is a fucking name right here. Yazino Rosenstruck. I think I fucking nailed that. He's 6-0. He is a minus 130 favorite. Yazino is a kickboxer primarily. He's 6-0 in MMA. Fairly new to MMA. Um, Junior Albini has not impressed me at all. He's got obviously want to take this fight to the ground. Um, I don't think he's going to be able to. I think he's going to be too little slow on the feet. I think he could. Uh, Junior could obviously win this fight. There's nice... You know, plus 100, there's nice little money on him as an underdog pick. This is a tough fight to pick, really, because I, I I dislike Albini, but I think, um, you know, Rosenstruck, I think he probably does have a little weakness when it comes to getting taken down. Obviously, this is in Brazil. Albini is decent on top. I don't think he's a killer. Um, it all really depends if he gets his fight to the ground. I haven't been impressed with him so far in the UFC. I'm going to go Rosenstruck. Because I, I pronounced his name right. Um, I'm going to go with Rosa Stewart because I think he is going to be a little too big. And I think he's going to probably piece up Albini, maybe get a knockout. And I think Albini's going to tire and, and Rosa Stewart will maybe win a decision. It's really tough to win a decision in Brazil, but I think I think, uh, I think think he can do it. Next up, we got Mara Romero Borella versus Talo Santos. Borella is 11-5. and five. Uh, She's from Italy. And Talos Santos is 15-0, highly, highly touted Santos. Borella is a plus 185, and Santos is a minus 205. Uh, 2-1 favorite. Santos, 15-0, hasn't lost. Girl's a killer. Um, I don't know if this is her UFC debut or not. I have seen footage on her. I've seen her fight before. Okay, so she's, again, coming from the Contender Series. She won a uh, unanimous decision. She looks like she is... You know, pretty well-rounded, um, primarily a striker. Uh, I do not know much about Borello. Uh, let me look her up here. Borella. 
She's fought in the UFC. I know that. Okay, so she's uh, has a win. She's one one in the UFC. Kaleida Fryer won by rear naked choke, and she lost a decision to Caitlin Cookagin. Cookagin. Um, I like Santos in this. I think she's going to be well rounded. I think she's going to be head hunting. I think she's going to come out and try to make a statement here. Uh, this is really her UFC debut. She fought in the Contender Series. Um, I think she has the skills to do it. I think uh, you know when, when you when you when you look at a woman's fight, a lot of them go to decision because they're both so scrappy, and there's not a huge jump in competition, right? There's some women that are really far above the fray, and everyone else is kind of fighting at the bottom. I think any it's really hard to bet women's fights because any girl can win at any time unless you're an elite, elite Amanda Nunes, Cyborg, something like that. Um, I like Santos in this fight though. I'm confident she's going to win. She's a two to one favorite. Sure, you can bet it. I mean, there's there's no there's nothing wrong with betting it, but um, you know, maybe throw it in a par legs. I do think I think think she's gonna win. I don't know if she's gonna be my lock in the night, but I, I think she can get it done. Next up, we have who we got next up here. We got Tiago Alves, who was twenty three and thirteen against Max Griffin, who was fourteen and five. I like this fight on paper. Alves is a plus one eighty five underdog. Max Griffin is a two thirty five favorite. I have doubted Max Griffin every single time he's fought in the UFC, right? I bet big on Mike Perry when they fought. He beat Mike Perry. This guy, I, I can't get a read on him. He's tough as they come. He's coming off a loss to Curtis Millender, though, by decision. But he gave Curtis Millender uh, everything he handled. He rocked Millender. He's a big guy for 170. Um, you know, he his only losses really in the UFC are, are to some really high-level guys. His debut was against Colby Covington. He lost by ground and pound. Um, and then he lost to Eliza Zaleski because that guy's on a roll right now, but by decision. Um, this guy's a tough out for anybody. Alves is obviously on the back end of his career. A lot of people do not, um, you know, they're not praising Alves like he was. Um, I don't know. This is in Brazil. I, I feel like Alves hasn't fought in Brazil in a while. He's coming off a pretty ugly ugly uh, fight as well. Let's see what his. I know he's coming off a knockout to Millender and then a decision to Alexei Kuchenko, who is, uh, you know, a phenomenon at 170. The guy's going to be in the top 15, top 10 by the end of 2019. So there's no shame there. Uh, this could just be my own brain just not liking Max Griffin. I just don't know why. I mean, he's good size for division. He's got good power. He's got a decent durable and you know he's been rocked before he's been dropped before but you know he's he's in there he's got a good ground game he could smother alves alves isn't the biggest 170 he's dropped down to 155 in the past he's short he's stocky he's got a lot of miles on him um for, for some reason i i think alves is gonna throw the clock back and that's, that's gonna be my underdog pick right there I, I i for some reason i've been on him all week i just think he could leg kick max griffin and and, and really stick and move i think this is gonna be if Tiago Evans is going to win, it has to be a calculated fight. And I think he can go out there and do that against a guy who's a little bigger and slower and plotting. Max Griffin can easily turn off Alves lights. I mean, Alves isn't the same fighter as he used to be, but um, I'm just, yeah, turn the, turn the clock back a little bit. Alves, I'll, I'll throw some light kicks, get your movement going. Um, I think he's tough to take down at times. I think his, his defense is good. He's lost a step as well, so I, uh, yeah, I just for whatever I'm trying to talk myself out of it for some reason, but I already played the fucking underdog thing, so God damn it, I'm going with Tiago Alves. I think he's gonna win. I think he's gonna get a nice little win here in Brazil. Next up, we got Anthony Hernandez, who is six and zero versus Marquez Perez, who is ten and two. Hernandez is a minus two fifty favorite, and Perez is a plus one ninety five underdog. Um, Perez is a guy that I just never been super impressed with. I think he was in the LFA. He held a title outside the UFC before he came in the UFC. Um, yeah, he, just, he was a well-put-together uh, middleweight. 
He's got a great ponytail. Um, you know, he's Brazilian, so he's, he's got the home crowd there. Anthony Hernandez coming off the Contender Series, I believe. I believe he's coming off a knockout win on the Contender Series, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so he... he oh, well, okay, so... He knocked out Jordan Wright in about under a minute, but I think he got overturned because I think he got popped for something. I think he got popped for a steroid or, or something. But he, he must have only got like six months. I'm not exactly sure what happened to that. But, yeah, he, he I turned to a no contest for whatever reason. But he does have power. He does look good. Marcus Prez, again, 10-2, good record, good wins outside the UFC, um, spotty in the UFC, good striker, good powerful guy, slows down tremendously. I think Hernandez is going to probably put the pressure on him and be a little too aggressive, be a little too much, a little too powerful as well. Um, I do not know Her- uh, Hernandez's gas tank. I know Perez isn't great. It's not world-class. I think this is probably going to be over within the first two um, by either guy. However, my official pick is going to be Hernandez. He's a minus 250. I might not. I may lay off that. I may not. I may not take that because it's his UFC debut. Um, I know he's fought a contender series. You're fighting a guy who's who's been in there quite a while, who's had some success at the UFC. It's his Brazilian hometown. Hernandez, I could fire Hernandez up. He could go in there and fucking wreck house. But minus two fifty is a little high for me for a guy who who's never really done it yet. And then to get your debut in hostile territory at a young guy, I mean he's only got six fights. You know, I would I would I would steer clear of that just just betting wise. But I do pick uh Hernandez to win. Next up, we got Livia Renato Souza. She is 12 and 1 versus Sarah Frota, uh, who is 9 and 0. Let's see here. Okay, Sarah Frota is a plus 200 underdog, and Souza is, yo, Frota is a plus 200 underdog. Souza is a minus 260 favorite. Full disclosure, I know nothing about these women. I, I truly don't. Um, they both had great records, both Brazilian. Um, a lot of talented uh, girls coming out of Brazilian right now. I love it. Um, so, um, <clears throat> Souza, who the favorite, she is coming off a guillotine win over Alex Chambers back in September. And then uh, Froto, Frota, who's 9 and 0. She is coming off the contender series with a knockout punch. A lot of her wins are by decision. Armbar seems pretty well rounded. Looks pretty fucking scary in this pick. She's got a pick where she's going, shh. Tatted up, fucking like a hundred medals around her neck, like she's goddamn Kurt Angle. Um, yeah, I'm. I mean, again, I don't. I don't know much about these girls. I'm gonna go with the line. I'm. You know, I wish I can give you an underdog pick. I mean, if if I was looking at the pitchers and I was picking by the pitchers, I'd pick Frota because she's scaring me right now, fucking terrifying me right now. But Sozo looks like she's fought the better competition. She's got like a well-rounded game. She has a UFC win on her belt. What's the mission? So I'm gonna go with Sozo. I'm gonna go with the big favorite. Um, I know that's probably not the. The sexiest pick in the world, but it is what it is. Next up, we got Justin Ledette, who is 9-1 versus Johnny Walker, who's 15-3. Ledette is a plus 285 underdog, and Johnny Walker is a minus 285 favorite. Um, full disclosure, I do not like Johnny Walker. Um, I, I, I don't know why. I wish I can explain it. I didn't like the way he handled Clear Roundtree. I'm a fan, clear, fan of Clear Roundtree. I picked Clear Roundtree. Clear Roundtree was one of my pieces in a really nice parlay puzzle that i was gonna win last time uh that, that happened and i and i lost that on a couple thousand because of johnny walker so of course i'm gonna have a little biasy towards him uh you know he's a big guy for the division he's a big guy for light heavyweight he's strong he's powerful he looked great in the clinch pretty quick turnaround here he's coming you know, he's got a lot of confidence um ledette a guy who's never really blown me away he's got a good record he's nine and one he's coming down from heavyweight um, I think he's going to be a little slower than Walker. He's obviously a little shorter than Walker. Walker's a big boy at 205. Um, I think this fight's going to end up a lot like, you know, the, the, the Roundtree fight. You know, Johnny Walker, his losses, 
out of his three losses, two of them by knockout. So he's been knocked out before outside the UFC. I think, uh, uh, you know, you could question a chin. I think there's no no problem questioning a chin on this guy. However, I don't think Ledette's the guy to do it. I think this is actually a perfect matchup for him. You need stars at light heavyweight. Johnny Walker could be that next Brazilian guy that really steps up at light heavyweight. Um, Ledette's not going to be that guy. Even if he wins, he, I don't think he's going to get... I don't know if he has the skills to do it. I think he's tough. I think he's you know very tough. I don't think he's ever been knocked out. Um, fought at heavyweight, and now he's coming down. I always you know dislike guys coming down to heavyweight. I mean, his only loss is is, is against Alexander Rakic, who is is a beast at two hundred five. Um, yeah, Johnny Walker is going to win this fight. Unfortunately, I have Johnny Walker winning. I'm not. I can't pick against him because I don't like him. Um, I just I can't do it. So. Yep, Johnny Walker. I hate to say it. I think there's some value on Ledette because he's so big, and I think there's a lot of unanswered questions. I think Johnny Walker, Clear Roundtree's a very tough guy, but I think Clear Roundtree didn't know really what to expect. I think he got surprised in there by Walker. I think if Ledette comes out guns a-blazing, he catches Walker. I think anything can happen. Um, but I'm going to go Walker because he's, he's the more talented guy. Next up, we got Charles Oliveira, who's 25-8, versus David Tamar, who is 8-1. Uh, Charles Rivera, as of yesterday, was a minus 110, and David Tamar was a minus 110 as well. It's about a pick em fight. It's even as can be. Um, this line has jumped up and down. Charles Rivera will close as the favorite, um, but right now they're dead even, so really it's a pick em fight. David Tamar, a guy I overlook quite a bit. I don't think I've ever picked him to win, and, and all he does is win. So this is a big step up in competition, however. I don't think Tamar has fought a guy like Oliveira, who's kind of hot right now. My biggest problem with Oliveira is he's quit before, right? He's quitting fights. He's quit on the weight cut. He's missed weight four times at 145, and now he's fighting at 155, which I think he looks great at. But he keeps talking about going down to 145. It's like, dude, you fucking missed it four times. I mean, what what else do you want? What else do we need to do? Stay at 55. Every time he wins a fight, instead of calling out a top 10 or top 5 guy at 55, he's like, I want to go back to 45. Like, get the fuck over it, dude. Um, I like Oliveira though, skill wise. I think he's, I mean, I think he holds or tie has the one of the most records for most submission wins in the UFC. He's a freak. David Tamar is a really smart fighter, really solid guy, hard to take down. I think Oliveira though has surprisingly good takedowns. I think once it goes to the mat, it's pretty much all over. I do feel, feel like if Oliveira doesn't get a submission within the first couple minutes on the ground, if a guy can survive with him, I think he kind of freaks out a little bit. I think he has good stand-up, but I think it's he can be exposed with his body shots. Not the best chin. I don't think he's the most durable guy in the world, but I do think he's extremely talented. So with that, I'm gonna pick uh I'm gonna pick Oliveira. And this underdog. this might be an underdog. I'm not sure. Right now they're dead even. It really depends how they close. I just want to play that little jingle again because I can. Um, but yeah, my official pick is Oliveira. I think he could probably submit Tamar. I think it'll be maybe a wild scramble. It might be a late submission, because I think Tamar. Guy gets overlooked a little bit. I think he's a solid, solid prospect. Came from the Ultra Fighters. Been in the UFC for a while. Not the most active guy in the world, but he's got a good record. And uh, yeah, so I like that fight. Next up, you got Damian Maya, who is 25 and 9, versus Lyman Goody, who's 20 and 4. Maya's a minus 170 favorite, and uh, and Lyman Good is a plus 145 underdog. Um, Maya's 41 or 42. I think he's been exposed a little bit. This is a fight, though, where. Lyman Good's a very top prospect. Used to be former Bellator champ. Looks great. I mean, he's big, powerful, strong guy. Good wrestling. Cardio needs a little work. Good, big, powerful dude. Um, uh, I, I, I've been impressed with Lyman Good, and then I've, I've been unimpressed with him. Uh, or are we going to get the good Lyman Good? Get that joke? <clears throat> that was a fucking hilarious joke. Thank you. Thank you for the joke. Um, I like Lyman Good in this fight, though. 
There's not much to say. He's a slight underdog. This line's going to move, though. Damian Maya, I think, you know, I think retirement's in the back of his mind. I think he, you know, his game, uh, you know, he's, he's a challenge for people because if, if he gets you a takedown, he's going to fucking submit you. Lyman Good knows that. Lyman Good has a good wrestling background. I think he's tough to take down. I think he's fought some really good wrestlers in the past. Damian Maya's got a real good takedown there, but I think. You know, if, if he plays with Lyman Good on the feet, I think Lyman Good can put him out. Um, this is going to be, I think, the blueprints out there to beat Maya. Look at Colby, look at Tyron, what they did. I think Lyman Good has the ability to do that. This could be a big springboard fight for Lyman Good. This will be a big signature win. Um, he's not in the top 15. I think this could be a win to propel him to maybe a guy closer to the top 15. I mean, Damian Maya probably is ranked. I think he's, you know, probably in the top 10. So this is a big fight for Lyman Good. I like him as an underdog. I would bet this fight, this is one of my. You know, you might be reaching on this as an underdog, but I, I think, you know, a lot of people don't know how good Lyman Good is. Nailed it. Did it again. Callback. Next up, we have Jose Aldo. He's 27-4 versus Renate Mocano, who is 13-1-1. Jose Aldo is a plus-140 fa- underdog, and Mocano is a minus-170 favorite. I'm looking forward to this fight more than any fight on the card. I, I You know, even more than the main event. This is my main event. Josie Aldo won the greatest, if not the greatest, featherweights of all time. You know, how's he? How much has he fallen off? Is he falling off? It, it, you know, can, it, is there is, you know, uh, is, you know, you don't know, but you, there's a lot of unanswered questions. You know, he looked great against Jeremy Stevens, but you know, he got in there and he got in a firefight with Stevens, and then just landed a beautiful body shot. Um, Aldo's already kind of retiring in this year. He said, "No, no one's changing my mind. I'm retiring." I've heard he wanted to go to boxing for a while. Um, when you start talking about your way out against a hungry fucking guy, the Renato Moicano, that's not good. I think Aldo's got all the skills in the world. Not sure why he doesn't kick as much anymore. It could be, you know, I heard, you know, rumblings on the Anakin Florian podcast that John Anik said it might be from his moped accident he got into a few years ago that his leg is messed up. So he doesn't like kicking that much anymore. Primarily a boxer now. Moicano, I think, is an animal um, hopefully though, this is what happens a lot, you know, in Brazilian culture, especially is these guys are idolized. You look up to them. I can't imagine Moicano hasn't looked up to Jose Aldo. Might have even trained in the past together, both the same way. How do you not look at this featherweight guy who, you know, you know, made it, you know, brought the featherweights to essentially the UFC, the first featherweight champion in the UFC, a kid from poor kid from Brazil that made good, you know, Moicano I'm sure has a similar story. I just don't know how you don't look up to that guy. So hopefully it's not one of those things where, you know, you're looking up to him too much and you don't realize he's fucking kicking your leg off and, and knocking you out. This is a real close fight. I'm really surprised that Makano is as big as a favorite as he is. Um, just because I figure people give uh, would give out a little bit more respect for what he has done in the UFC and in MMA. But I'm all in a Makano. He was my top five guy to watch. I think he could close this year with a title shot. I would love to see him fight Max Holloway. A rematch with Brian Ortega would be great. You know, I don't know what Max is doing. He's trolling Conor McGregor. He could be looking for the Conor fight, although I do think Conor will probably be fighting Cerrone. Mokano's the man. I really like Mokano. I'm worried about the leg kicks. I'm worried about, um, you know, the firefights that they get into. I think they could both just stand there and put their fucking nuts on the table and just start swinging. Jose Aldo has really good head movement. Mokano doesn't have the best head movement. Really dangerous on the ground, though. I think he's a smart fighter. I think he's a lot better than most people will give him credit for. I mean, he was winning almost every minute of that uh, of that Ortega fight until he, he got caught in submission. So I like Mokano. He's my official pick. He's going to be, yeah, slight, uh, slight favorite pick. <clears throat> Main events. We have Rafael Asuncao, who was 27-5, versus Mondo Marais, who was 21-5-1. and Asuncao is a plus-185 underdog, and Marais is a minus-235 favorite. I have written down here 
Asuncao. I, I filled this out. I filled. I, I looked everything up. I went through the numbers a couple of days ago. I wrote down Asuncao. Since then, I have watched their first fight twice. I've seen it a total of three times. I was obviously watched it live. Morice, I think, won two of those rounds. I think it was a bad decision, right? Asuncao is a guy that's hard to hit, hard to get a read on. He's not much of a finisher. He's good at decision. Yeah, he knows how to win a fight. He's, I mean, this is, I don't know how many decisions now in a row for this guy. He doesn't get finished. He's such a technical guy in there. He doesn't like to get hit. Let's see. Okay, so he's coming off one, two, three. His, out of his last four, if you count Dillashaw. Oh, man. I mean, if you go down, I mean, Dillashaw won by split. Munoz, he beat by unanimous. Caraway, unanimous. Then you got fucking Dillashaw, he lost by decision. Split decision, Aljamain Sterling, which a lot of people thought went the other way. Split decision, Marlon Marais, a lot of people think went the other way. Knocked out Matthew Lopez in round three. And then he has a decision win over Rob Font. Um, Asensio is very good. I, you know, I just, he's not flashy, right? Marais is coming off the big knockouts. That's why he's the big favorite here. I don't like the line that much. I'm not going to bet this fight because I really do think it's a pick em fight. It's five rounds instead of three. You know, Marais is always in shape. That guy trains with Frank Yeager. That guy fucking goes. Asensio's in shape too. Asensio, I believe, um, I think he trains out of Atlanta. I think he lives in Atlanta. I could be wrong. He could be, he could have went down to, yeah, okay, so he's he's fighting out of Georgia. That's what I thought. I thought he I thought he came out of Atlanta. Um man, this is tough. So I'm gonna pick a I'm gonna pick Marais. Spoiler, Marais. No underdog. I had a sense how written down here, but after I watched the fight, I really thought Marais won. I think he's got a lot of confidence right now. I think he's gonna be if he finishes him, he's guaranteed a title shot. If he if he squeaks out of decision, um either of these guys, if they squeak out of decision, I think it's gonna be they're gonna be like, okay, well, you know, TJ's going to fight Henry. But if Marais comes out and knocks out a Sun Tzu, which is a hard thing to do, if he comes out and knocks out a Sun Tzu, then he goes, I want my title shot. It's hard to deny him. Why wouldn't you want to see him fight TJ Dillashaw? Right? He's a clear-cut number one contender. I don't know if that's going to happen. I think Marais has a lot of confidence right now. I think his striking's great. Um, you know, the you know if you look at his two knockouts, his last two fights, you know, Aljamain Sterling kind of ran into that knee. And then, you know, the rare thing was, I don't want to say it was a fluke, but he threw the kick and, you know, it was a pretty quick knockout. You know, you can't really judge that too much. However, I think Marais is a beast outside the UFC. This could be a close fight. A Sunset could just be a guy that has Marais' numbers because I said he's very technically sound, doesn't engage a ton, is good on the ground. You know, stand-up's good when he lands, but, like, he's more... He's more worried about moving and defending as, as the scoring. That's why all these decisions come up. You know, he's a tough guy to take down. Marais, I think, needs to be a little more aggressive. Got hurt in the first fight. I think they both did. But Marais actually got dropped in the first fight. Got to worry about that. I don't think Marais has probably the best chin in the world to be going in reckless. It's good. It's a good fight. These two, you know, the main event, co-main event, main event are really good fights on paper. You know, I'm going to go with my gut. You know, I wrote down a, a sunset again. I've already picked Marais. I'm going to stick with Marais. I think he's going to win this fight so that's the card let me let me give you lock of the nights right so my favorite lock of the night is going to be man favorite lock of the night will be renato morcano i it's no yeah no my my yeah yeah my favorite lock of the night is gonna be morcano my underdog lock of the night is going to be I, I could I could scapegoat and say Charles Oliveira, even though I do think he's going to close the favorite, but I won't do that. My lock underdog lock in the night is gonna be Lyman Good. I think Lyman Good. I think I think Damian Maya is 
he looks in great shape. I've seen pictures of him. I think Lyman Good, though, the blueprint's out there. I think this is going to be his biggest fight. I think there's, I mean, there, it makes no sense for him not to know exactly what Maya's going to do and to go out there and stop it. it. It just really matters if he can do it for three rounds or not. Because if you get tired in that third round, uh, Damian Maya's still shooting. He's shooting at your legs. So I like Lyman Good as my under, or underdog lock and my, my, Favorite lock of the night is, I guess, Moicano, even though I, I don't love that. But, you know, I just he's just so good. I'm so undecided. This is great. I feel rusty. You know what I mean? I feel like I, I, I should be just, you know, confident with some of these picks. I'm not. It, you know, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just not with these picks. You know, this card is, you know, they can go, they can go any which way here. All right, so that's the Pick'em Show. Um, looking forward to the fights. February is packed with fights. Next week, we're going to have two podcasts out. I'll recap the weekend, hopefully I'll have a guest on. I want a guest picker for the uh, February 9th card, the pay-per-view of UFC 234. It's a solid little card. Uh, my boy uh, Adesanya is fighting uh, the one, the GOAT, Anderson Silva, and uh, the main events in sick as well, Kevin Gaston versus Robert Whitaker. So hopefully I do have a guest lined up. Hopefully he will follow through. Um, and if not, then we'll, we'll, we'll rock it. There's a lot of MMA going on this week. Now, again, follow me on MMA takes.com on Instagram. I'm going to post a little more on Instagram. I'm trying to work out some things where, you know, we're up my Instagram game. And I was actually going to start this show by calling some people out on Instagram. I, I might start doing that, right? There's some real shit that's bothering me. And I'm not a guy that really holds my tongue. I'm not a guy that, you know, I get bothered by it. And so I'm going to say, like, if I have a problem with you, I'm going to fucking say it. And there's, you know, there's two two guys that I might put on blast on Instagram um, that have, uh, you know, they did the, uh, they reached out to me. Hey, thanks for the support, man. Cause I would follow them or no, they would follow me and I'd follow them back. And they'd be like, Hey man, thanks for the support. And they're like, kind of in the MMA world. One might be a fighter and one might be, you know, a guy kind of doing what I'm doing. And then when I follow them back, they fucking drop me. I've talked about it before. I'm fucking sick of it. I might call some people out on that shit. I don't give a fuck. Um, anyway, I will be back next week. So yeah.